When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are the Russian Sisters. Welcome to our podcast. A show we created to talk about hard things. And also to bring some levity to your lives. Alexandra is a mom and occupational therapist. And Anna is a school counselor. And together we share our life stories. And crazy adventures. We aim to make you smile. And let you know, you're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. Enjoy our latest episode from The, the Russian, Russian Sisters. Sisters. Hello, hello. Howdy. How you doing? Oh my goodness. I am doing well. Had a, a doozy of a week, but doing well. Okay. How do you spell doozy? Oh, I thought it was D-O-O-Z-Y. I was wondering if it was D-O-U-Z-Y or D-O-O-Z-I-E, but what you just said is completely different. <laughs> it is. I thought like if you say doozies, that's D-O-O-Z-I-E-S. Perhaps. Okay. Do I don't I, think there's a U in there. No? No. Like, do you, it, we'll like, add that. We've talked about doing a bit of the things people do wrong grammatically. I feel like that's the foreign way to say to spell it. <laughs> that's British, yeah. Doozy. Have you? <laughs> I don't think they say it like that either. It was like a British spelling with a French accent. <laughs> How European of you. <laughs> Oh, when I was at one of my jobs on the radio, if they're like, where are you? And then someone would respond European or like, uh, because that meant they, they're in the bathroom. Yes. Uh, that's not how I meant it. <laughs> okay. We're going to move on from here. So glad to be with you guys today. Welcome to another week with us. Yes. Still having some technical difficulties. So thanks for tuning in and for your patience as we figure all this out. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you have some stories. It's been a doozy. I do. Tell I do. me. What's well, going on? The first one I'll tell you is I have a super sniffer. And years ago, when I worked at a hotel, we had a no smoking policy. And if I was on shift, any staff would know that they could have me come sniff out the room with smoking. That is hilarious. Yeah. So when there are strange smells in my house, it drives me bonkers. I would imagine so. Just bonkers and I'm working on having my windows replaced so I'm working on screens and all that kind of stuff so that I can actually air out my house if I need to but there was several days where I was like what is the smell it smelled a little rotten and I was like is it coming like do I need I cleaned out my trash can I like wiped it down I was checking my garbage disposal like do I need to call someone is something stuck there couldn't figure it out couldn't figure it out and then finally I ended up wanting to make some curry. I like to make curry sometimes, and I throw in some – I saute my vegetables. Mm -hmm. Like in real curry? Well, there are lots of different types of curries. So well, like the yellow curry? I like red curry. Yeah. How is that different from yellow curry? Uh, Other I'm, than color. <laughs> I think it's the spices. I don't know. I go to the grocery store, and I get the small little jar of whatever curry, whether it's green or red. Interesting. Yeah, I, I haven't done yellow. Okay. Anyway, that's mm -hmm. not the highlight of the story, <laughs> just saying. 
<laughs> so I go and I grab my little, I like to get the small like fingerling potatoes that mm. you, yeah, little yes. bags of that. Yes. Yeah. Apparently one had rotted. Ew. It was so disgusting. I have one of those little, you know how you can like hang your fruit and stuff? Like mine doesn't hang. It's just like a little container thing on my, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. A little basket. Uh-huh. But anyway. It's one of those fruit and veggie baskets. Yeah, yeah, it just looks a little different. But anyway, um, <laughs> we'll call it a basket. Again, not the highlight of the story. <laughs> and so I go over there and I grab the bag and I'm like, oh, what's happened? And I look back in the basket and it had like rotted through the basket. Stop it. I had, I had purchased these potatoes probably two or three days before. Ew. Yeah. So it's Did not you like- return them? No. What? How that is no. You just take the bag to with the receipt and say, I just bought these and then they'll give you your money back. No, I felt like all the fumes were making me sick instantly. <gasps> oh. No, not really. But I mean, because of all like the gut issues I've had in regards to mold and stuff, and I was like, Nope. But yeah, I've had to check a couple times. It looked like it almost stained my counter. Gross. Yes. It was pretty bad. <laughs> Those fingerling red potatoes. That's disgusting. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, so you usually just like make JoJo's but with curry seasoning? Well, it kind of sounds like JoJo's. No, they're just like the small little potatoes and I chop those up. Yeah. And then I get, I usually do like onions and peppers oh. and throw that. You can do broccoli. I usually don't do broccoli or carrots, but I usually do that. And then I add my coconut milk and my curry seasoning. Fascinating. Yeah. It's There's quick. a recipe for you. You're welcome. Yeah. If you if you want more on my curry dish, let me know. I'm like the last person to ever give advice for cooking. Obviously, because I had a rotten potato. How did you know, though? It was only three days old. Oh, man. But that's that gross. That's it disgusting. Was, it was so gross. I mean, Buddy didn't seem to to care or notice, but I was like, what is that? I, I always, always, I like smell it instantly when I walk in from the garage. Like, what is this? You do have a super sniffer. And when Alexandra and I were living together, she's like, one chore that I cannot do is trash. So now she has to do it on her own. I'm very proud of her. But when we were living together, I always did the trash because she's just like, I can't handle it. Ugh. But I <laughs> noticed like there are times when I clean out my fridge and maybe I don't take the trash right away. But chicken is the worst. Like Ugh. chicken and shrimp. <laughs> Alexander's about to vomit. Chicken and shrimp are like the worst things. Like when you <laughs> clean out your fridge, you got to take that out to the trash right away. You cannot let that simmer in your garbage can in your house no. for any period of time because that is just going to stank things up. <laughs> yeah. That and Brussels sprouts. <laughs> oh, Brussels sprouts. Yes. Sometimes when I wonder about a man panion, I'm like, I could use one to take the garbage out. I will say this, right? People say don't ever mow your lawn when the lawn is wet. And I'm such a child. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, I, you're okay. all welcome for that, by the way. Anna had to take it to the gutter. I'm gonna try and bring it back. Bring it back. Okay. Like your grass. Yeah. In your yard. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. When it's wet. No, because it, it's I am terrible. responsible now for the yard work in my in and around my house. Yes, you are. You have to mow your own lawn now. So I will say for the longest time it took me a while to figure out how to put the little grass clipping catcher mm. and I put it on my mower and I was so excited except it didn't work. And I finally, I feel bad asking my neighbor for help because he has enough stuff going on at his own house and he just ends up in this like 
vortex of home projects. Every time he walks into my house, he's like, why haven't you done that? Why haven't you done that? I'm like, I'm working on it. So anyway, so I ended up talking to him one day and he was like, oh, I forget even what he had said, but he was like, is this other compartment out? Like, did you remove that? And I was like, I don't know. I think it's like a shredder or something. And I said, I don't even, I don't even know. And so sure enough, there was a plastic piece that I just had to pull out to make this like month after month. I'm like, why is this not working? Going out and raking my extra grass clippings so that buddy doesn't trips them anyway. So there's a reason why you shouldn't mow your grass when it's wet. I have just been dumping the grass clipping straight into my garbage. Mm. Worst no. decision ever. Okay, can I just say <laughs> I was over at Alexander's house the other day and Buddy and I were having dinner together and Alexander was like, "Can you just sit with him for a minute so I can go take care of some stuff outside?" And I was like, "Yes, of course." Next thing I know, I am watching this <laughs> This adult human being clean out her big trash can, but then she's emptying it out into a bucket and then taking it over. You guys, she's talked about her neighbor who doesn't live there, but she's taking her gross, smelly, grass-clipping bottom of her trash can and dumping it over the side to the neighbor's yard. I looked out the window. Buddy and I are having a nice dinner together. I look out the window and I was like, what in the Sam hell is she doing? Yeah, she's dumping. And she's like, what? No one's home. No one's going to see. And I'm like, I'm watching. And now I'm making a uh, podcast thing, so now you know too. Well, I did not know I'd be called out about that, but I had <laughs> in true karma, I fell off the wall trying, <laughs> trying, trying to do it. I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, but they don't live there. They don't. No. So what's a little water and yeah, some grass just water? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's hysterical. It smells awful. Smells horrible. So now, so now I have to put everything into bags. That happens point. at church every time like someone yeah. mows the lawn and then empties like the dried grass or whatever into the trash can and then I bring out like church trash out there yeah. and I'm like, Wah! oh my God, what? why does that smell so bad? Yeah. And then especially I think it's worse if you just like, if it's closed in the container. Maybe not exactly. as bad as like hooves staring up at you <laughs> like last time, but <laughs> that grass is something, something else. And fingerling potatoes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've had some rotten stuff around my house recently. It's gross. It's gross. Mm -hmm. Another thing that happened to me this week, our sister-in-law asked me to pick up some of our favorite vodka mm -hmm. from a local liquor store. We were having a ladies' night. We were. And so I will say, Anna and I have both traveled to Russia. and We have. Mm -hmm. And the mediocre vodka in Russia is better, I would say, than the finest vodka you can find here. The So when you have really high-end vodka in Russia, it's – I mean, I can't even – like, you don't mix it with anything. You don't shoot it. You just sip it, and it's just – it's very, very nice and like smooth. Like tequila yes. or whiskey, you know, the high-end stuff. Yeah. Like, you take your time to sip it and enjoy it. Yes. And it doesn't burn your throat on the way down. No. Always. No. no. Not a, um, mine still does. But, but I was going to say, well, and and you can, you know, wasn't it your your baba who put lemon in vodka and had you have that to help with a cold? Why have I not done that yet? <laughs> oh, my God. When I was in Russia studying a semester abroad and I stayed in Moscow, I think I told you guys this before, and if I have, I'm going to repeat it. My baba, when I got a cold, said, take this shot. I was underage, but she's like, take this shot of vodka and eat this lemon slice, rind and all. And I was like, I don't even – I was like, the whole lemon 
slice with rind? And she goes, yes, obviously that's where the nutrients are. And I was like, yes, Baba, I will. (laughs) And so then you take, yes, a shooter of vodka and lemon. And I am stupid for not doing that right now. And I'm hanging on to this thing for a month. That could cure all. Cure all. Anyway, so there's a, a vodka here in the United States called Russian Standard. It's it's pretty decent. So if you guys are looking for a vodka, I would recommend it. If you can find it. If you can find it. So I go to our local store trying to find the Russian Standard. Now there are all these like Stoli, right? Probably most people don't realize that <laughs> Stolichnaya is actually a Russian word. Stolichnaya. <laughs> Duh. But no, no, no. It's... Stoli, so that's appropriate to leave on the shelf. So I finally went and asked someone. I said, "Do you guys have Russian Standard?" And this woman turns to me and she goes, "Oh, let me see." But I'm pretty sure because it um, it says Russian in it, and we had to pull anything like that off. You know, the war. We had to pull that off because of the war. And I was like, "Oh," I said, "That's kind of too bad because there are some really great Russians out there." And she kind of just looked at me and she was like, "Let me find someone else to help you." So she found another guy to help me. And he kind of looked at me all weird, and I said, I'm looking for the Russian standard. And he's like, ah, okay, yeah, we can't have it out on the shelf. And I said, that's too bad. And he's like, I'm not even sure we have any. So I let him go into the back, and he comes back out, and he's like, actually, we have a lot of stock. And I said, great. It's probably only because my family is the only ones who who buy it. Maybe True. We, I was like, maybe we need to buy all of them. And he's like, nah, we got we got a good stock, so just keep coming. And I said, oh, well, will it ever go back on the shelves? And he's like, probably not. And I said, same thing. I said, oh, that's a shame because there are some really good Russians out there. Said the same thing because the guy who checked me out was like, oh, this is an interesting vodka. And it's like, yep. And still, there are some really good Russians out there. And I got kind of sad because they made such a big deal. And so in my mind, I'm like, if you're going to pull Russian vodka, pull all of it. Yeah, like all of it. Don't leave Stoli and then go, oh, but Stoli doesn't say Russian in it. So Americans aren't smart enough to know. You can leave your Tito's on the shelf, (laughs) but just know that a lot of the vodka out there, now granted, a lot of it um, might be bottled in the US or even bottled abroad in different spaces. But vodka, you know, historically was a primarily Russian or Eastern Bloc kind of beverage. So, yeah, that would make me sad, too, especially since, like, targeting Russians and it's like, what the heck? And we are the Russian sisters and we we don't take offense to it because we get it. Like, there's a war going mm-hmm. on and some dude is making some very bad decisions on behalf of his country and that sucks. And there are a lot of people who are suffering and that sucks. But I just think that that was a very interesting um, story that you had from, like, Littleton, Colorado about, like, what vodka is available to you. Yeah, again, it's just, as Anna's saying, when you're looking at humanity, it's a little hard to be like, okay. And I know boycotts happen all the time. And I've talked about this before in regards to Buddy. I have a neighbor who has an F. Putin bumper sticker. And every time I see that, I'm like, do you get it? Like, (laughs) do you get it? Or is this just some rhetoric that you heard and were like, yeah, F. Putin. Forget those Russians. Like, I don't know. That, that could be a whole nother Oprah. Can I just say I really appreciate that you're pronouncing his name correctly? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I can't I can't pronounce it incorrectly. I've tried before and it doesn't come out very well. So I just stick with how I was taught. Well, sort of related to that story, not with vodka, but I do have a student who's from Ukraine 
And um, I just learned recently that she's going home. So she came to us for this school year. In the start of the school year, she was sent to America because things weren't safe. I'd be at home. And she's one of my favorite people. She'll come and talk to me at the end of the day, like at my bus duty almost daily and just check in with me. And we check in with each other. And I speak with her in my broken Russian. And she laughs at me, but then also like will respond back. And um, it's just been awesome. And she like Ukrainian and Russian are very similar, but also have a little bit of a different alphabet and different words for different things and different pronunciations. And so it's just been cool to be able to connect. But I am sad. When I found out last week that she was leaving, I definitely teared up and spent some time this weekend buying her like a whole gift bag of Colorado things that I hope she takes with her and and will remember us. I know she'll remember this experience. She's so cool. Like she put this presentation together, you guys. Like it was like a gratitude presentation and she asked if I would go to each of her classes and help her translate. And she had these slides up at just talking about like it was a very brief thing, but she's she just wanted everyone to know how grateful she was that they embraced her and helped her out and befriended her. And she wanted to share a little bit about her life in Ukraine. And she was born in Kiev. And so, right, that was like one of the first places to be utterly destroyed. And so I think it was cool to help the other kids see like who this chick has been, like that's been in classes with them. And and now she's going home and that's awesome for her. And also still kind of scary because things are still my most unfavorite word. <laughs> <laughs> uncertain like these uncertain times I hate that phrase but yeah things are really unstable and I wish her all the best and it's bittersweet yeah that's very cool and I think it's it's awesome that you were able to connect with her especially when she's going through something so traumatic she doesn't know what she's going back to she doesn't know at that point now she knows she's going home to her parents but at that point that she was here she didn't know if she'd ever see her parents again all of that uncertainty and to have someone like you who even through broken connection was able to be there for her. My total side question, I've always said Kiev, but it's Kiev. Yes, the Russian pronunciation is Kiev, but oh. the Ukrainian is Kiev. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can hear that slight difference. It's very, very yes, slight. Yes, but the Y, like when you see Kiev in English, it's K-Y-I-V, <laughs> but in Ukrainian, no, it's K-I-E-V. It's a lot of different ways. Oh, okay. All right. All right. K-I-E-V. K. Yeah. So it's, uh uh-huh. And so the Ukrainians pronounce that I and the E like very similarly, Mm. although that I has like a slight different, like more. Yeah. If you know Cyrillic alphabet and you know, you do. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, I don't. I'm like, yes, you do. Like between a Miyaki's knock and an E, there are some (laughs) differences with where in the throat or how the tongue is placed and I'm not going to get into all the linguistics of it but there are some slight variations with how the vowels are pronounced and that is the same for the capital city of Ukraine (laughs) yes this is the long story for that you're welcome yes now you know where Kiev is Kiev Kiev. again I think that's just a really beautiful story and I think it's something that she's going to remember and how awesome with all the snarkiness and all the awful things that you and I have talked about that it feels like are going on in this community and for you to be kind of a bright light for her so that her experience here hopefully in the U.S. has been more positive. 
Al, you're making me blush. Oh, well, you're welcome. Thank you. I'm going to keep going and switch subjects. I have a lot. I feel like I have a lot in this list. No, I think it's really cool. I will say it's interesting. I support a school one day a week right now, and it's a charter school. And there are some days I walk in there and I'm – I'm like, oh, working with these kids is really cool. And then there are other days where I'm like, ooh, this is – it's just harder for me sometimes. But that connection with the kids is not ever anything that I don't enjoy. So having those little moments where you can connect makes it all worth it. They can be certainly very cute. (laughs) And difficult. And also challenging. Yeah. So because I I have been working more part-time for occupational therapy, which that is going well, I think I've mentioned before, I am the backup to the backup to the backup for our sister-in-law's friend who's an event planner. (laughs) So our sister-in-law has worked with this woman for over 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think she said she knew our brother first, actually, and then met our sister-in-law, has known them throughout their whole marriage. And our sister-in-law has worked with her doing event planning on the side. And then, Anna, was it last year you started? Uh, Yes. Or two years ago? Uh, I believe it was last year. Maybe pandemic times. Yeah. Started picking up and helping out a little bit as a side gig. And then because of the pandemic, right, business has changed and shifted and people are moving on and doing different things. And so I became the backup to the backup. So if our sister-in-law can't work If Anna can't work, I'm like the bottom of the barrel and I'm totally fine being bottom of the barrel. I'm like the last person that she will reach out to. So I did work a wedding with her and there were a couple of things being kind of a little distanced from weddings, a couple of things that happened where I just had to chuckle. So this event was really cool. It was a winery in the middle of a place in Denver. It's a suburb of Denver, but it's like our industrial area. Mm. Like you're literally going down seeing you know, metal factories and there's like smokestacks and cranes. And you're like, where am I going off of these highways? And then there's this really beautiful winery that's just in the middle. It's like plopped in the middle of this whole area and they've made it really nice and they do weddings there. And so we were setting up for a wedding and I have to say it cracks me up because I think when you dress it up a little bit, if you're wearing more formal wear or you feel really good in what you're wearing or the guys walk in in their suits, like the guys walked in at one point in their suits and I just had to chuckle because they were strutting and you, yes, a little bit. I'm like, I was like, oh, okay, you got some peacocks like walking through here, like total strutting. And it made me kind of chuckle. And the ladies did the same. Like they were not ever, because it was before the wedding, they weren't ever around each other prior. It was really cute and kind of funny to watch because they're like, yes, Mm -hmm. this is my day. I am am doing it. I am in this wedding. Um, Well, at the same time that we were setting up, the people who were having their wedding the following day were doing their rehearsal. What? Yes. And it was so hot outside, like the venue, the wedding venue portion of it is outside and then the reception is inside and they have these really cool garage doors that they open for the reception to kind of flow it's a really it's a really cool spot but the point is that the rehearsal had to be outside but because it was so hot they were sending this other group of people and there was probably like 35 40 people in this whole group they were sending the other people inside to the venue to hang out and cool off (laughs) so they're sitting at the tables that we are setting up for the wedding happening in like an hour from when <laughs> from when these people are rehearsing 
these people who aren't even there are like sitting there and they, they were turning the chairs around. But I'm like, uh, excuse, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, not awesomely timed. Not no. awesomely timed. But then what was hilarious. And so I'm going to make a movie reference, you guys. I don't know if you've ever seen Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yes. But I will say that in that movie, there is a scene where one of the actors, like he keeps trying to get into the family photo, but he keeps running. He's not catching that they're taking the photo. So every time they're trying to take a photo, he's running through it. And he keeps saying, like, sorry, or he's, like, in the most awkward position. Well, I had to go from the inside venue out to the wedding planner's car to put stuff in the car because we were done with that stuff. But in order to do that, I had to walk through the rehearsal. And so their officiant would be like, okay, let's start and go. And they're, like, playing some sort of music outside for people to, like, pace. And then there I am walking with my boxes, like – Tried to go first. I tried to go like through the grass. Then at one point, I'm like following them on the pathway and I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> trying to get through. And they had done their rehearsal like three different times. And so I asked the event planner, I said, well, like, there's no other way for me to get out. And she's like, you just have to go through. <laughs> and so then, I mean, it was hysterical. And so this happened. And then I was coming back. I had to make, I think, four different trips. And so I'd come back and try and wait. And then at one point, I, I was like, what am I doing? I was in pace with them, but walking in the opposite direction. And I was like, this is okay. This is interesting experience. But it was very weird that this group of people just felt very at home to yeah. like sit at all these tables. Like the kids at one point, I was trying to get more water. And these kids were just hanging out and playing in the water fountain. And I felt awkward because I was trying, I was like, I got to get some more water, kids. And they're like, we're so thirsty. It's so hot outside. And I wanted, part of me wanted to be like, yeah, and move. (laughs) But I didn't do that. But what I will say, I'm going to reference another movie for you guys. So later on, like as the time like that rehearsal ends and we're getting closer and closer to the ceremony and the bridal party, all the ladies were upstairs in this loft area in this room. And I was sent up there. They were doing these sparkler things that people, they were battery powered sparklers. Oh, yep. Uh-huh. I know exactly you, okay. what you're talking about. Yep. And you have to take those stupid plastic yes. things out of the battery pack. Yes. Uh-huh. So yep. I had to take them all out of yep. their plastic bag and uh, then pull them. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So there were like a bajillion of these little, I feel like you get them at like Disney and at parks and stuff. Yeah. They, right? Like they've got the hard plastic wand and then there are these like plasticky fiber there's not even fiberglass but then you press the button and then they light up and then they like you know give you seizures because they like (laughs) flash different lights or they just stay on one light but yeah they're like these yeah wand things that yeah I know exactly what you're talking about I do but (laughs) sorry if you guys don't but yeah I've had to take the plastic out of those battery packs right so I did that upstairs and I was listening to a podcast while I was doing it and one of the bridesmaids comes out and she she comes over to me and she's like, so I ordered coffee earlier and I need the plate to be removed. Is that something you can do? Well, I'm not going to say no, but it was very interesting, our interaction, because she brings out everything and then she's like, yeah, thanks so much for doing that. But then another bridesmaid like later, so I, I went ahead and I felt like I was audio seeing the plates. If you guys have ever seen Notting Hill, mm-hmm. where Julie Roberts is there with Alec Baldwin and Hugh Grant is like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to take the plates away. It was just this very awkward moment where I felt like there was almost like a power differential shift happening because another bridesmaid, can't. she would not make eye contact with me. This other bridesmaid, she would not make eye contact with me. She would not acknowledge me. 
She would not say hello. And I'm sitting there and I even said hi. I like tried to smile at her and say hello, but she kept pacing in front of me. And it made me stop for a moment because it made me question how often do I do that to other people because I make mm. assumptions about who uh-huh. who they are for what they do? Yes. Oh, yeah. Just, yes. Keep going. Yeah. Well, no. So it was a very interesting dynamic. So I adios the plates for her. <laughs> and so, and I was like, is this a wedding thing? Because I'm trying to think of like, what was my wedding party like? Like, did we have this air about us? And to an extent you do, because you're like, mm-hmm. I'm the wedding party. This like, is my special day. These are my special people. Yeah. Yes. And so then just like a total side note, when Sean and I did get married, the limo holding the ladies broke down on the side of the road. It did. And we had to actually have other cars come and get us, but we did not have luck with our limos that day. But there was definitely like a, we're a wedding party and we need to be a priority and we need to be taken care of, which was I was totally fine with. But then it was like, but also like, I'm not less than because I'm working with the event planner, mm-hmm. which is kind of how it started to come across from one of the bridesmaids. So it could have totally been the vibe, had nothing to do with me, but Anna and I ended up going to dinner with our parents for their 50th wedding anniversary, which we talked about. And as we're being served by all these wonderful people, I thought to myself, like, give them more credit or not that I'm dismissive because I don't feel like I'm dismissive, but I don't think I necessarily take the time to recognize that these people have lives. I just stop it like this is your job. You know, one of my colleagues, one of the teachers who works at my school, he works a summer job. Now, this man is in his mid 30s. So he is college educated, master's educated, works a summer job at a golf course. And the golf course he works at is like, you do not speak to them unless spoken to. And I'm like, you are a 30s, some like you're in your mid 30s and you're abiding by this, like, you do not talk to the clients you do like unless you are spoken to and I'm like what it's 2022 like this kind of hierarchy and this pompous stuff still happens and you guys probably know very well I don't know why this shocks me in Alexandria Alexandria (laughs) (laughs) I know my sister's name (laughs) I've had some wine (laughs) it's weird like there is there someone sitting here with me I don't even know (laughs) no We never put the I in there. It's Alexandra, but that's her name. And <laughs> I'm just overcoming the shock right now. <laughs> I am too. I am too. I, yeah. So she and I have talked on multiple times about like how we should not be shocked that this stuff still happens, but it does. And there's such like that classist separation. But again, we are so middle class that we don't understand the upper echelon. We, you know, we watch these TV shows and we can't even fathom what it's like to be in that kind of category where you can treat people differently and humans differently. I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. I think I mentioned forever ago on this podcast how I was watching that show billions Mm. and they were gonna lose like a ton of money over something and the wife like in a conversation the wife was like well how much are we gonna end up with and I think he said something like you can end up with like 350 million and she was like you know that's not enough to support our lifestyle and I was like man just a million Sounds great um for buddy and me but 350 million not being enough for a lifestyle and it was It was really interesting to kind of take a step back from that and be like, that's just, and I do see money as just like like a dollar to me has the same energetic value as a million dollars in 
you guys might be like, what is she talking about? I can explain that another time, but it's you're trading one value for another value, but it's just shocking when people are like, that's not enough for our for our lifestyle, which makes sense, right? We grow into our lifestyle at the rate that we are earning. Well, and we've talked about selling sunset. And for sure, when you're dealing with people who can afford $5 million to $40 million houses, you definitely are in a different set and your lifestyle costs certain amounts of money. And I was listening to a radio show and one of the DJs was talking about how, you know, just LA and the LA lifestyle and how like, it's just an expectation when you go there that you have to look a certain way and you have to do certain medical procedures in order to achieve this certain type of look that is this certain type of perception of perfection, but it's all very costly. And so I can very well imagine that like if you are accustomed to having a $350 million lifestyle or plus, and all of a sudden, whether it's divorce or a change in status or whatever, that's going to knock you down, that you're freaked out that that's not going to support, it's not going to keep your mortgage and it's not going to be able to support your shopping habits or your medical procedures or your schooling or whatever the case may be, I can see how that might be quite stressful. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I think it's relative though, like the stress. So someone losing money at that rate, like if someone's making $50,000 and loses a certain amount, you're going to go through that same kind of stress. It's just, it is a little different. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you're you're still going to go through the stress of like, okay, like my lifestyle is changing or and it's just a reevaluation over how that's going to impact you. And I think that's why people are forever saying like money can't buy happiness. And the more money you have, the more problems you have. More money, more problems. I don't know. But you're right. It is all relative. I remember like it was just a few years ago that I would stress over the fact that I had zero money for gas. And it was like the middle of the month, all my money had gone to bills. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay to get to work so that I can make the money to make the money. Like it just, it was also very stressful. And I think the stress has just kind of changed. Like maybe you don't have to worry about gas money. Maybe you do, but maybe you don't when you are earning that much wealth. But I think your stressors definitely shift a little bit because there are these expectations of you when you are at that level and the yachts and it's all like I think about when I used to live in DC and it was all about like who do you know and what clothes are you wearing and what designers are you wearing what events are you going to what people do you know and that like that is one of the biggest reasons that I moved away from DC and came to Colorado because I felt like I could be here in a in a different space where all that stuff just wasn't as much a priority And it doesn't mean that I care less about like how I present myself, should I say, or who I surround myself with, but there just wasn't this pressure and it didn't seem so superficial. Yeah. Like I don't think the amount of money requires superficial, but I think that is often what is portrayed is that the more money you have, the more superficial because you're trying to fit Mm -hmm. into an ideal. But I don't think it has to be that way. I think that's just what is often communicated. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with. 
at soundoff.network. So I'm going to share with you guys something that is kind of major that's happened in my life recently. Yes, please. Yeah, Anna's ready for this. She's I am looking. I'm, I'm ready. She's looking for any opportunity to laugh at me because she hasn't had <gasps> enough. No, I'm, too, I'm serious. chomping at the bit, but I'm like not to laugh at you, but to just share your experience. No, I hope you guys find some humor in this because I have, and I find that to get over embarrassment, the way that I like to get over feeling embarrassed is to to be able to put it out there and laugh at myself. Yes. But I will say a momentous occasion. I ended up going on my first date since John died. It's yeah. me clapping, <laughs> which so is proud. huge. And so I've had some friends who've gone through similar situations. Their husbands have died by suicide. And then it can be very conflicting for families to go, what is going on? Are you ready to move on? Are you not? And my family has been nothing but supportive. And I'm very grateful for that. In fact, I think some of them have wondered, like, why haven't you done this earlier? <laughs> but it was a total disaster. I will tell you that it was a total bust. I ended up the day of going on this date, I ended up seeing a good friend of mine and it was such a bucket filler because she is on her own spiritual uplifting journey. And I love being able to bounce off ideas about what I'm going through with my friends and being able to feel that support. So that's how I started my day. And then I ended up meeting with Sean's old boss and he, he still works on my car, which is fantastic. But I just wanted to let him know about some of the stuff going on, just catch up. And that was really a bucket filler. And both those experiences were nothing but supportive and very confidence building for me. And I will say, I told you guys, I broke up with Bumble and I'm totally fine with breaking up with Bumble. And then I got a ping and I don't know if I've really explained pings, but pings to me are little messages you get that are like, Hey, go down this road instead of another road. Like a nudge. Yeah. Well, nudges are more. Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah. Nudges are, are going to be more blatant. So a ping could be like, reach out to this friend and see how they're doing. And then you do. And then it like ends up being this really cool connection or go down this road. And then you find a really cute, quaint town or like a thought popping into your head. Yeah. It kind of directs you into something or an idea. So I got a ping to try Bumble and I was like, no, because I'd broken up with Bumble. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And usually the pings come in when you're not thinking about that thing. I was not thinking about dating at all. I was like, no. And so then I got another ping that was like, get on Bumble. I was like, no. And a third one. I was like, fine, I'll do this. I'll go down this rabbit hole. I don't know why. I'm not a fan of apps right now. Not that they're not good. I just can't devote the time and energy to them. So I did. And I ended up connecting with a few people. And one of the people within like 24 hours had asked if I would meet up with him. And I was like, that's great. So I will say this. I completely misread the situation. Completely. I misread like the pictures, the nuances, all of it. I thought this person had like a a really kind of quirky sense of humor. I thought the pictures, there was like a couple good pictures of this person. And then I thought that some of what he was saying was like a humorous personality, someone who was joking, and it turned out not. Uh Uh-oh. And so I did agree to meet this person, and I will say how he presented himself on Bumble was not what showed up necessarily. Do tell. (laughs) So, yes, so he was shorter than what was listed in his profile, 
the pictures that I thought were kind of him being, I don't even know, like not funny, but a little bit more playful were not. They were serious pictures. Um, he didn't completely look like what was in his pictures. Catfished. No, not catfished because it was the, it was the person in the pictures. It was just I misread the situation so badly, you guys, so badly. And I think that's where I feel the most embarrassed is I, oh, I misread it horribly. So I'll give you a for instance, like at some point we were chatting in the app and I thought it was funny that he was like, I went through some of my winter wardrobe and decided I didn't like it. So I'm going to go buy some other sweaters. And I think that's like kind of hilarious. No, this person was like 100% serious. Like it was like a very factual, very rigid. Like I went through my sweaters. I don't like them. I'm going and getting other sweaters. Not Mr. Personality. Not Mr. Personality. Oh, like what guy really goes and like puts winter clothes away. Then at some point I will say when I did meet this person face to face and we sat down, he let me know that he will do certain things like go to church with his aunt or even I think potentially going on dates to make his mom happy, to make her stop (laughs) asking her about it. That is like a major, major, major red flag. If you guys are laughing about this, I hope you are because – and not laughing at him. Let me make that Mm -hmm. very clear. Like I don't laugh at this person. He was being very original and very true to his authenticity. It was just we did not mesh at all. And again, I misread the situation entirely. So that's a huge red flag for me. I had someone like years ago say the same thing. Like the only reason why he went on a date was to make his mom happy. And I was like, what is happening? Like, Buddy is going to be a mama's boy. He doesn't have a choice, right? He's going to be a mama's boy right now. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but when you're in your 30s and 40s, like there's got to be a time to like fix that. So that was super awkward. And the whopper of it all, you guys, I will say this. This gentleman wanted to make sure that I saw his vehicle, which was a brand new Audi S4. So look that up if you need to with a personalized plate with his name on it. And he wanted to make sure that I knew. And even when he left the establishment where we met, he like had to do like the loud muffler and to zip away, even though it was like a sort of residential area. So it was 25 miles an hour. But he had to make sure that I understood how fast he could go in that car. And this gentleman did not have his front teeth. What? Teeth? Did not have his front teeth. He did not have his front teeth. Okay, so I feel like that's something you might want to tell someone about when you're about to meet them for the first time. I think so. I chopped like six inches off my hair and so I like to tell people hey I chopped like six inches off my hair because most of my pictures show me with longer hair just so that they're not like you lot no this was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and again there could be a myriad of reasons why someone doesn't have like that's fine it's not about the fact that this gentleman did not have his front teeth kind of is you guys can laugh about this because I have my stupidity over totally misreading all of these cues, which is good knowledge for me, I suppose. But but at least let people know. Like, hey, by the way, I just don't have my I don't have my front teeth. I was like, is he a hockey player? <laughs> is he a millionaire? Like are there some other qualities that make like that make that okay? Like that you just would show up to a first date and not acknowledge the fact that you do not have teeth. 
No, he, in fact, in all of his stuff, made it seem like he goes to the gym regularly. And maybe he does. His physique did not warrant that either. So I feel like... I'm coming across very judgy, you guys. No, Let me just I say. I feel like <laughs> I am very, 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 very proud of you for having gone on a date because it, it takes a lot to get to the point, especially with everything that you've been through. It takes a lot to get to the point where you're even ready to think about something like that. So the fact that you got a ping to get on there, that it, like it, you made it happen and you like were courageous and embarked on this adventure, I find that 100% commendable. The fact that the person who you met with wasn't a match yes. for a variety of reasons is okay. I feel like Sean has a, had his hand in making that a little comical. <laughs> I will say, I knew from the instant I met this person and I thought, okay, I will sit here. I don't I didn't see it as a waste of time, but I I knew that I would not want to pursue this person romantically. And at some point in time, I imagined that Sean was sitting next to me just being like, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have to say that because Alexandra had the courage to do that, it encouraged me then to hop back on a dating site just to poke around and yeah. and like feel it out a little bit, which I hadn't done in a really long time. So how's that going? Oh, that's another Oprah. We're running out of time. <laughs> we are. We are. We uh, are. At least we know that there's entertainment in our dating stories. I can't or wait for the next episode. Lack thereof. No, yeah. I'm glad I said it. You know, I do feel really good about it. Here's what I will say. People will use the term like out of their league. I don't believe that for either one, like either this person or I will say we were in different leagues where I am in my life, what I'm looking for and what I have going on needs a different person than what this gentleman could offer. I do hope and I told him this when I did tell him I didn't feel a romantic connection as I do hope he finds someone who is a good match for him. And it also just made me double check a little bit on my ability to interpret situations because I interpreted that so badly, just so badly. But I did overcome that first D and, and that was a huge, huge win for me. That is a huge win. And I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. And now that um, we've overcome that, it's time for our STW joke of the day. Oh gosh, it sure is. Okay. You guys ready? This is very apropos since it's laundry day for me. I've, I seem to find these themed jokes, dad jokes. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, Sean T. Here we go. Why can't towels tell silly jokes? I don't know why. They have a dry sense of humor. <laughs> I get her every time, oh, you guys. I does. should probably sh start charging her. Like every time she laughs, I should charge her a dollar. Ooh, don't do that. She's going to start charging me shots. Then who knows where this show will go. Heck yeah. It'd be entertaining for all. We love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic week. Feel free to check us out. Leave a review. Let us know your thoughts. If there are things you want us to talk about, shout outs you want us to do. We love you. Where can you find us? The Russian sisters at gmail.com and the Russian sisters.com. Yes, that is exactly where you can yeah. do all those things. Yeah. Share us. Let us know how you're doing. Okay, have a great week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Russian Sisters. To connect with them, go to the RussianSisters.com. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.